Hello and welcome to Movie Thoughts. I'm your host, Dominic Tartamella. We got another exciting episode today. A little bit of a bonus episode. I wasn't really going to do an episode and I decided to do an episode. So I guess it's just a regular episode. But uh, keeping with the the Christmas feels, the Christmas spirit, if you will, the holiday is upon us, right? And keeping with that, we're going to talk about a great Christmas film. And <laughs> keeping with the fact that, you know, we're always talking about, we're always hitting it on the nose on this podcast, talking about recent movies, being ahead of the game, getting the word out. We're going to be talking about the 1946 film, It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> yes. Maybe I'm a little bit late to the game, right? 1946, shit. But that's that's how we roll on this podcast, all right? That's what we do. That's what I do. I'll talk about whatever fucking movie I want. I'll talk about a, a movie that maybe some will say this is a crusty old film. Maybe it is old, but it's a great one, okay? It's one of the greats, and especially this time of year, it's perhaps the greatest. Uh, perhaps? I mean, yeah, there's other... Christmas movies out there, there's, you know, classic comedies that I've named from fucking whatever to Christmas Story, Christmas Vacation, Elf, fucking Home Alone. Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. Home Alone 2 Lost in New York is a funny movie because it's like the exact, exact same movie. And like John Hughes, hell of a writer, right? Just could basically shit out these movies. And, um,. You could definitely like one movie you could watch. I love Home Alone 2. I'm not going to knock Home Alone 2. But it's one of those movies you could watch. And you're like, wow. Especially when you watch it back to back with the original. You're like, wow, this is the same movie. They just took it and they just carried it over to New York. And it works. It's beautiful. Uh, but it's the same exact movie. It's fun. It was a cash grab. It was a cash grab. Then they did Home Alone 3. That one was a little weird. Um, you know... No Macaulay Culkin. Uh, but I, I believe John Hughes did write that one as well. So it's kind of like he probably had a script. Maybe Macaulay Culkin aged out of it. I don't know what went down there. But we're not talking about the Home Alone trilogy right now. We're talking about It's a Wonderful Life. Frank Capra's uh, masterpiece. Holiday masterpiece. Um it's a go-to every year for a lot of people. It's a go-to for me. It's an emotional film. Uh, it's a film that I watched when I was younger. I think it's one of those movies that, like, you know, my mother was like, oh, you got to watch It's a Wonderful Life, and you watch it. But I don't think you really pay attention to it when you're a kid. You're like, all right, you know, it's fine. And you actually sit down and watch it. Um, and, you know, when you are at that age where you could understand it, I think I remember, like, you know, I used to catch it on TV, I think, around Christmas time because we'll get to the background of this movie a little bit or the background, the delayed success this movie had. But I think I caught it on TV. I definitely had seen it. Um, when my grandfather was alive, I know it was one of, of his favorite movies. But I think when I really first uh, watched it was, yet again, always talking about the love for... Um, collecting movies and stuff like that and physical media and all that stuff and DVDs I can't stress enough 
you know, take you back, not back to 1946 right now, but I take you back to that time when DVDs were getting popular. And it was such a joyous experience of getting, like, all these different movies on DVD. And I think one Christmas in particular, you know, is that there's that point where, like, I was, I don't know, maybe 12, 13, whatever the hell I was. And I was just, like, building up a DVD library. So, like, around Christmas time, I would just ask for a shit ton of movies. Um, and believe it or not, I don't know how many other 12, 13-year-olds were asking for this, but I was, one of the movies I was asking for, along with, like, Halloween and fucking Goodfellas and whatever else I was getting on DVD at that time, I was asking for It's a Wonderful Life because I had to add it to the collection because it was a fucking classic, right? And now It's a Wonderful Life, for those who don't know, give the nutshell story. It's uh, a story told in flashback, so to speak. And it's funny because I was just re-watching this with my fiance. She was teasing me a little bit, saying that, how is this a Christmas movie? Because a lot of the movie is not, in her defense, a lot of the movie is not set on Christmas. It begins on Christmas. It does, like, this whole journey through the character George Bailey's life, played by the late, great Jim Stewart. That's my Jimmy Stewart. It's kind of like a ripoff of Dana Carvey's Jimmy Stewart, but yeah, Mary, I'll take the, I'll take a lasso, Mary, and I'll, I'll wrap it around the moon. I'll pull down the moon for you, Mister Potter, Mister Potter, uh, the, the banking loan. <laughs> uh, my still recovering from a little sickness, so my voice isn't everything I want it to be. But it's a wonderful life, right? So this movie basically follows the life of George Bailey and his, um. You know, his hopes and dreams and aspirations that kind of seem to slip away from him. And it's told in a flashback. Uh, and there's an angel in there, which they don't break the rule of screenwriting, right? Because there's a rule with, like, screenwriting. Well, it's not, like, a rule that you have to follow all the time. But, you know, there's a rule that, you know, if you want to introduce magical stuff, that it should be done in the beginning, right? It's like... You got to get it. You got to at least allude to it in the beginning because you don't want to be fucking hour in and all of a sudden there's magical stuff. People feel a little weird. There's movies that do it from dusk till dawn is a mind fuck. You watch that movie. It does whatever the fuck it wants to do. But that's Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez for you. But It's Wonderful Life. You get the introduction of the angel in the very beginning, the whole heavenly magic and then this story is told to the angel, so you're getting it. As the angel's getting it, you see his trials and tribulations. George Bailey. Jimmy fucking Stewart, man. Jimmy Stewart is like, from what I hear, I mean, because now in, in hindsight, you know, born in 88 here, full disclosure. And uh, I didn't get to experience Jimmy Stewart in his prime. I mean, Jimmy Stewart, when the hell did Jimmy Stewart pass away? It had to be in the 90s. Yeah, 97. So, like, we didn't get to experience Jimmy Stewart. But, like, for for context to what kind of, you know, you could go back, you could watch all his movies, you know. Uh, another one, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, uh, also directed by Frank Capra. Frank Capra's a Italian. He's a Sicilian. He's like me. Uh, <laughs> this, I sounded like I was doing an impression of House of Gucci. But, but I am Italian. So I could do stuff like that. I could make fun of the accents, right? But um, 
so anyway, veering off course, I'm talking about the heritage of Frank Capra. But Jimmy Stewart, basically, uh, to put to, to compare him to somebody nowadays would be like, I heard it once, and it was, it's put you in that perspective. But he's like basically a Tom Hanks, or I think the way I heard it was like Tom Hanks is basically like this generation's Jimmy Stewart. So think of that. That was Jimmy Stewart, right? He's a big actor, he's a great actor. He went and fucking fought in the war, then he came back. Uh, you know, he's in Hitchcock stuff like uh, Rear Window, Vertigo. He's in uh, one I like, uh, Rope, a lot, which is a, a fun little dark fucking movie and by Alfred Hitchcock. And this movie, he's just like a lovable guy, right? He's a lovable guy, George Bailey. You feel for him. And you go on this journey with George Bailey where you see his life. Uh, you meet his wife, his future wife at the time, played by Donna Reed. And you go down this journey and you see his, you know, his successes and his failures in his life. Or his, his, his things that he perceives as failures. Uh, because, you know, it's not the life that he wanted. He falls into a position where he's running his father's business that he did not want to have any part of. He wanted to travel the world. So it's a tragic tale. And it's a movie that, you know, it, it's relatable. Because who doesn't have things that they want to do in their life, especially as you, as you get older? And whether it may be, you know, uh, you know, you may be bound to a job or bound to, uh, you know, your family and your children and all that stuff. And all that fun stuff, that those weights that hold you down and eventually drown you. Yeah, this is a positive podcast, all right, tonight. This is a positive Christmas spirit podcast. But anyway, speaking of drowning... Now, this isn't a spoiler alert because this is the first five minutes of the movie, but Jimmy Stewart, okay, George Bailey, he's going to fucking jump off a bridge in the first five minutes of this movie. And so that's he's at that point in his life when we meet him. Then we take the journey. We see what got him to this point, which leads up to the eventual Christmas setting. <clears throat> and that's where the movie really uh, owns its Christmas classic. You know, it really gives you the 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 holiday vibes and I gotta be honest with you. Listen, I'm a guy. I'm a man. All right, I can say that. Right? There's I don't know how many genders there are, but I can say that. I fucking get emotional when I watch this movie, and that's part of the journey that you take with this character. This movie's what is about? This movie is about it's 130 minutes, right? So you take this journey. You see this whole life. You see this man being essentially, you know, beat down, trying his best, doing his best, struggling. And then by the time, and I don't want to spoil it for anybody who's never seen it, but by the time what happens, happens in this movie, it's the emotions. I, I listen, I just watched it a few weeks ago. When I get teary-eyed, I'm not afraid to admit it. It's it's an emotional fucking roller coaster. this movie. And you really feel... Uh, you know, that heartfelt meaning of Christmas, right? Because it's about friendship and it's about loved ones and it's about, you know, the importance of friends and just there's more, um, you know, there's there's more meaning to success than money or just, you know, getting everything you wanted. There's more to life, right? There's stuff you miss in the, uh, when you're caught up in everything, the more important stuff. And that's what this movie's about. Um, it's originally based on, uh, oddly enough, it's based on like a Christmas card. 
that got sent out called The Greatest Gift, which was written in 1943. And then like that Christmas card, which was very loosely based, loosely inspired by uh, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. And there is some elements of that in this movie. And it was later turned into a movie. And this movie, as I said before, with TV viewings and over the years, like this is a movie that when it originally came out, it wasn't really a success. And this is the, the amazing thing. And this is why it's like critics and fucking opinions and all that shit. It's all bullshit, right? And that's why on, on, on like this podcast, when I talk, I try not to be like so critical. You know, like I'll say, listen, if, if I fucking hate a movie, I'm going to say I hate a movie. But I, I try to do it from perspective. It, this is stress the movie thoughts, right? Stress the, this is just the shit that goes on my mind, on in my mind. I'm not going to sit here and then and, and preach that what I like is the best or like I will highly recommend stuff, but it's all taken with a grain of salt because maybe you like something that I think is a piece of shit and that's fine and I'll tease you about it, but vice versa. So with with this kind of movie, it did not have that immediate success. It was a movie that was, uh, you know, had some favorable critics and it's kind of mixed and then box office it was a bomb didn't really do what it was supposed to do and kind of faded away right then over the years from my understanding with um you know television and uh, syndication and apparently i've heard that the the rights to this movie at one point fell into public domain uh by like accident for some reason, so like it was very cheap to license this film at one point during this time period. So as the years went on, and TV networks would um, license the film, it was a che- it was cheap. They would just fucking do it. So a lot of different channels would do it. Eventually, it would go on to be uh, the home of that syndication. Would go on to be NBC, and it would become like a annual thing. They do it every year. But over the years. This movie got more and more eyes on it, people revisiting it, people seeing it for the first time, and it ultimately became this this beloved classic. And it's amazing. Like, you know, it's, in one hand, it's kind of sad. I mean, I know Jimmy Stewart was around in the 90s, as I said, so he got to see a little bit of that. But, like, Frank Capra, uh, I guess he was, I mean, he passed away in the early 90s, so, like, he did probably see some of that success with new generations seeing the film and it becoming this kind of, Christmas classic over the years. Now, like I said, I love this movie. It's a go-to for me every year. Uh, it is in black and white, so if you're not a fan of black and white movies, you know, or you are you are a fan of black and white movies, I only say that because, like, some people just can't get into a black and white movie. I get it. I've never been that way personally because I understand this is what they had to work with. So, you know, you got to kind of put yourself in that position. You could also appreciate, like, the black and white, uh, you know, cinematography, the way it was shot and, and all that and shadows and stuff like that. And it, it's, listen, if you've never seen it, like I said, I don't want to spoil this movie for anybody. I just wanted to bring up It's a Wonderful Life. It's Christmas time. This is kind of like the, I think maybe this is the most heartfelt episode I've done so far. I might cry after this episode. Uh, but the cool thing is, speaking of that, if you do get... This movie on Blu-ray. I have a 4K copy in front of me right now. It does come with a colorized version. 
which is a newer colorized version. Because I don't know if you who's listening, how old you are, but I remember back in the day when they would colorize movies. It looked fucking horrible. It looked like um, like somebody basically took a newspaper photo and colored in with fucking crayons. It just never looked right. It, it was just unsettling. Didn't look natural. And I'm, I'm listen. I'm not one that's like colorized movies. Listen, they're black and white for a reason. I've seen a few colorized movies. Some, uh, you know, done in a in a modern way. Some done with you know, obviously using computers and that kind of technology. And they don't look as bad as they used to. Uh, one I got years ago on DVD was like a colorized version of Night of the Living Dead. Uh, obviously, the George Romero film. That looked pretty good. Obviously, the colors in some places a little off. Now, this I've I've checked out this colored version on here, and it's it's not fucking bad, honestly. You get at first your eyes, especially if you've watched the film in black and white as many times as I have. Like you get a little thrown off, right? You're gonna be like, all right, it's a little weird because you're used to it, but. I say 20 minutes in, 30 minutes in, you start getting used to it, and it's cool. It's a cool way to view the movie. Um, obviously, the intended version is black and white. That's what they had to work with. But it's cool to check it out in, in color, and it doesn't look bad. Like I said, it's not like they butchered it. It adds a little bit of a new spin on this film. But yeah, it's a wonderful life. Christmas fucking classic. Highly recommended. Love this movie. Might even watch it again. You know, before the uh, season's done, because why not? Uh, just a, a real heartfelt story and a lot of meaning, a lot of heart. You know, doesn't and takes its time. You know, like it's a movie that you got to just pay attention, sit with it, have a nice cup of coffee, have some Christmas cookies, sit there, go on that journey through this man's life, and then get the emotional gut punches as they go along in the film, which will. Uh, eventually leave you crying and sobbing and whatever the hell snotting all over your face in front of your family and friends as they sit there and judge you and then you because then you get broken down you're like wow like yeah i'm taking the emotional stuff from this movie maybe i got a lot of shit going on in my life i don't know man maybe we're all going down a, a strange path in these recent years so watch it cry get it out of your system and uh go fight the good fight that's the podcast for today. That was a little quickie, a uh, little little black and white film love quickie for It's a Wonderful Life. Thanks for listening. If this is the first time you're listening, check out the other episodes. Do a little bit of everything, right? Just drop the fucking movie from 1946, right? Did Violent Night last time. So you got the best of both worlds, right? You got a, a fucking action hero of a Santa. You got Jimmy Stewart. Lasso in the Moon. Fucking... And and also, oh, by the way, while well, I got a little time left, after you watch It's a Wonderful Life, immediately go on YouTube and look up the SNL uh, It's a Wonderful Life alternate ending from back in the day when, like, Dana Carvey and Phil Hartman and everybody were on it. Classic, classic SNL. And especially after watching the movie, getting to know the Mr. Potter character, as much of a piece of shit he is, as he is, you'll appreciate it. Uh, check out the other episodes. Check me out on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Dom Solo Reels. And thank you for listening.